Hey GBC, this is Jordan talking to you. You normally don't hear my voice because I'm the guy behind the scenes producing and editing this podcast, but I just wanted to do a quick introduction to let you know that Pastor Mike was having such a good and enjoyable conversation with Anthony and Lisa Perez that they went a little bit long, so we decided to divide this podcast into two parts. When you get to the end of the podcast, it might seem a little bit abrupt when the music starts to kick in, but that's because it was just the right time to end the conversation of with what they had finished talking and will be a great place to pick up next week. I'm going to take it over to Mike now to give you the introduction to our podcast. Have a great week. Welcome to Life Together, a podcast for Gresham Bible Church, where we exist to glorify God in being disciples who make disciples of all people through the transforming power of the gospel. I'm Mike Dahl, and with me today are two very special guests, Anthony and Lisa Perez. Hi, Anthony. Hi, Lisa. Hey, Mike. Is it really intimidating in our amazing podcast recording studios right now? Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, this uh, this is definitely new. I've been in this room a few times, but not in this uh, format. Yeah. So thanks for having us. Yeah. Thanks for coming today. So the point of, um, when we have voices of Gresham Bible church on life together is for us as a church to get to know one another more and to hear God's work in each of our lives and hear one another's stories. And, uh, Lord willing, that sparks real conversations with people. So really excited for our conversation today and for Gresham Bible church to get to know both of you, better. So first things first, why don't each of you tell us briefly about yourself? Where did you grow up? Uh, what have you done for work? Any hobbies? How long you've been at GBC? And any ministry roles you've had at GBC? I'll go first. <clears throat> yes, thanks for the question. Uh, so a little bit about myself. Um, I'm one of the elders at Gresham Bible. I've uh, been an elder for almost six years. Uh, I grew up in um, in the San Juan Islands in Washington, so I lived on an island my uh, most of my childhood. And um, my family wasn't, they weren't believers when I was first born, uh, but God saw it fit to bring us into his family uh, when I was around eight or nine. And so that was, uh, you know, life-changing. So I, I, from that point on, grew up in a Christian home. Um, and then uh, went to college in Florida, came back, and that's when Lisa and I got married, moved to Gresham uh, because it was really popular. <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, it is. Yes. And uh, so actually it was because it was cheaper than living in Portland. Um, I'm a creative by, uh, by nature, I guess, and also by vocation. So um, I'm a designer. I uh, got my degree in graphic design, but um, right now I'm a creative director for a small tool company in Portland. And uh, yeah, so uh, every day I get to write stories and uh, take pictures and shoot video and do a lot of creative stuff. So um, we've been going to GBC for uh, since 2012, I believe. Okay, that's great. Yeah. Two quick follow-up questions. Sure. Who's your favorite football team? Uh, so favorite football team of all time, of course, are the Seattle Seahawks. Excellent. I grew up in the Northwest, so I uh, was such a fervent fan of the Seahawks, even through the terrible years that I, w- I refused to um, put the NFL 
bed sheets on my bed <laughs> because they did not have the Seahawks because they, they never won anything. So, uh, but that's how big a fan I was. I respect your convictions. Yes. yes. And then second follow-up question, what's your favorite LaCroix flavor? Oh, oh, this is good. So right now, uh, our whole family, besides Lisa, because she's not a sparkling water person, um, hoping to convert her still, but uh, our whole family has been really enjoying uh, passion fruit. Ah. Um, so if you haven't tried it, uh, and this is a plug for LaCroix passion fruit. Um, maybe and then we can also, get sponsored. Yeah, maybe, you know, really boost up the, uh, the ad revenue. Yes. <laughs> But uh, passion fruit's really good. Key lime is also really good. It's a little sweet. Mm. But, um, but yeah, at, I think my favorite sparkling water brand, uh, I'm going to have to say either Spindrift or Polar. Okay, so. that's good. These are the hard-hitting questions we have yes, on Life this Together. Is, this yes. is why you came. Yes, exactly. Yeah, this is why you tuned in. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so Lisa, how, how about you? Kind of a brief story about you. Yeah, sure. So I was born in Spokane, Washington and lived there uh, for about the first decade of my life. And then my dad got a job in Salem. So my family, which includes my siblings, older brother and a younger sister, so I'm the token middle child, um, moved to Salem and then uh, just finished up there junior high and high school. Went to a little private school there and enjoyed playing a lot of sports, mostly volleyball. Um, Something Anthony and I both enjoy doing together. Um, And then met him and we both went to college in Florida. Um, And then there I uh, majored in education and then have continued that route. I taught seventh grade for a long time. That was really why we moved to Gresham actually because that's where my uh, first job, second job actually was. But, um, and then, yeah, loved that. And then have just moved on to continuing that. I work online now with students and yeah. How about any hobbies? Um, I would have said previously volleyball, because that was definitely our yeah. passion, but with uh, our kids playing sports and stuff now, we don't have as much opportunity, but um, probably reading. Okay. Yeah, great. All right. And how about you guys have both referred to when you met, how long you've been married, but let's kind of um, unpack that a little bit more if you don't mind. So again, how long have you been married and how'd you meet? We've been married for almost 22 years. Congratulations. Yeah. Nice. Okay. And how did you meet? Yeah. So how we met um, actually has a lot of tie to the Gresham area. Uh, So when we were in high school, I was a freshman or maybe sophomore or junior. Uh, We went to this um, youth conference that both of our churches attended, and it was at a, uh, a church off of Main Street here in Gresham, Portland area. And so the first time I ever met Lisa and just said hi to her, I was at this church. And so um, a couple weeks later, uh, I actually got her address from my sister because uh, they, they met at the same time. That was a and smooth move. Yeah, yeah. no, it was, an, it was, uh, it was happenstance <laughs> for sure because I didn't, I didn't think I asked for it. But, um, but that was the Lord you know, providing it for me. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so we started writing letters. Uh, this is, you know, kids back in the day before there was a lot of internet and I didn't have email or there was no texting. Um, even calling each other was very limited. So if you grew up in the era of MCI cards, you, you'll, you'll know our yes. pain. And so it used to be, you know, call Lisa. It cost me like 20 bucks. 
to uh, do a long distance call. So we wrote a lot of letters and we continue to write a lot of letters throughout um, our time as we started dating. So we started dating um, junior and high, uh, junior and senior high um, in high school. And uh, it was long distance because she lived in Salem, I lived in Oak Harbor. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, we just, our, our schools that we went to, they kind of went to the same events and our churches went to the same kind of summer camps and things like that. So we just kind of got to know each other. And then uh, she graduated a year before I did, uh, went to college and, um, and then, yeah, we just continued to date at college and um, got married after my senior year in 1999. Okay. Yeah. Lisa, Lisa, anything you want to add to that? No, that, that ties it up pretty well, but yeah, a unique long relationship because we met, um, you know, late high school. So yeah, very cool. Yeah. And, uh, and then another just interesting fact is that when we moved back to, when we moved here after we got married, uh, we actually attended the church that we met and, 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 you know, worked in the youth group. And so it was kind of this, uh, full cycle, uh, thing that happened. So yeah, God knew uh, yeah. what he was doing. Yeah, that's great. When he, when he gave me that address. Yes. <laughs> yes. So it can feel kind of like an awkward question, but it's a great way to get to know one another more. That's the purpose of it. So if you could both briefly share what's one thing about each of you individually, and maybe one thing about you guys as a couple that people should know about you. Okay. One thing, um, shoot, I was supposed to write something down. I can go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I kind of already, should. I mean, I love to read. This is my hobby at this yeah. season of my life. So when I was little, I wanted to be a librarian and, um, yeah, thought I would just be reading books all the time. And obviously God had other <laughs> plans for my life, but that that's kind of a nerdy fact about me. Okay. That's great. Yeah. Uh, here's one thing. And I, I've, I have told this to a few people here and there. Uh, but um, I grew up in a church where the polity wasn't elders, uh, elder mm-hmm. polity. Uh, it was more of like a senior pastor, um, you know, CEO type pastor role. And so uh, as I felt called to elder, uh, you know, shepherd and walk with people, um, I didn't even know what it meant. Like mm-hmm. I, I couldn't put words to it mm-hmm. because the church that I was in didn't have elders and actually, yeah. So, um, so yeah, it's kind of a weird thing. I had this desire to elder, but it didn't know what it was wow. until I came to GBC. Uh, cause I knew that the, the polity was elder led. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, some of my first conversations with Virgil was what's an elder. Well, and, yeah. uh, and then I, then, you know, we had lunch and I was like, yeah, I think that's what I kind of want to do. I love that. Yeah. 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 That's great. Okay. So for these conversations, when we talk about and hear more of our story and for the church to get to know one another more, think about a few different kind of verses to hang our hat on for our conversation. So two things come to mind. One, Romans 1.16, we're not to be ashamed of the gospel for it is the power of God. So think about that. The gospel is the power of God. So I want to ask both of you some questions to just kind of focus on that and unpack that. How has the power of God been true in your life? What does that look like, felt like? How have you experienced that? And when we say that, it's not just gospel of, hey, this is my interpretation of it or my felt needs. It's objectively true, right? Creation, fall, redemption, new creation, and then the beauties of the gospel applied to our life. So that's kind of where we're coming from. 
And then as backdrop, Colossians 1.23, I think, is just beautiful to have in our minds as we have these kind of conversations. Paul um, is writing to a particular local church, and he encourages them not to shift their hope from the gospel. That's Colossians 1.23. So with that kind of as a backdrop, wanted to dive in and ask you guys some questions on kind of what that has meant in your life. And so first, if you could walk us through, just explain briefly, kind of what's your spiritual upbringing? How would you describe it looking back? Yeah, I'll start. Um, I grew up in a Christian home, so I was very fortunate to have both of my parents be first-generation Christians. And just looking back, I just see the goodness of God even in that. They both got saved um, in their 20s and just separate people individually witnessing to them, getting saved around the same time, lived in the same apartments, and then they, you know, got married. Um, So I just see, you know, God's goodness in two full adults, you know, getting saved. Um, And then grew up in a Christian home. They really modeled the faithfulness of church attendance, um, Bible reading, uh, had us in a private school. So we were really surrounded and also very sheltered (laughs) is a lot of my upbringing. Um, So... I was saved when I was little. My mom led me to the Lord after I got a big spanking and (laughs) (laughs) um, realized my deep sin and, uh, yeah, believed in Jesus and asked him into my heart. So um, definitely grew up in the the culture of Christianity, going to church. But I would say that in my late teens is where God really um, personally got a hold of my heart. Mm -hmm. And so around age 16, 17, when my a friend invited me to her church. Um, my dad, for some reason, let me go to church with her, and I started attending there um, on my own. And that pastor really started doing Bible studies verse by verse, and it was the first time that I had heard that kind of teaching. And I just fell in love with Bible study at 17 mm-hmm. and just with Jesus, like praying all the time, just on on fire. So I sometimes long for that youthful yeah. um, passion. But yeah, so I would say that's where I really started personally following Jesus and reading my Bible and just, um, yeah, seeking him wholeheartedly. That's great. Anthony, how about you? Yeah, so uh, as I mentioned before, uh, my parents weren't Christians when I was first born, uh, even up until I was around seven or eight. Uh, we actually had a neighbor um, who were... Uh, they attended the Southern uh, Southern Baptist Church uh, in our town, and uh, through conversations, my sister um, heard about the end times and uh, heard about um, you know Satan and all these different spiritual um, idea ideas, and uh, it really scared her, and so um, she was like terrified. Uh, and it really affected her. And uh, so my dad was kind of at his wits end. My, they were Catholic, probably in, in name, but not in practice. Uh, so he's really confused. And around that time, my grandfather actually uh, accepted Christ just a few years uh, um, previously, previous to that. And um, so I think he had been witnessing to my dad, uh, but my dad was kind of at his wits end. My sister was you know, always in living in fear and really anxious about um, what she had heard from our neighbor. And so uh, he he called a pastor in Oak Harbor and they knocked on our door. And uh, that night, uh, my parents accepted Christ. Wow. Um, so they heard the gospel for the first time. And, um, and then slowly my family got saved after that. So 
um, yeah, and it was our, our really our first first um, exposure to Christianity, and so we started um, going to this church. Uh, at that time, I didn't really get saved. I kind of was really curious of what was going on, and so uh, the the moment I I remember receiving Christ was um, after uh, we our church had um, you know old old revival tent services. Mm-hmm. And so I remember this uh, evangelist was just going off on everyone, but uh, <laughs> he was going off on uh, sin in particular, and it was really hitting me really hard. And so I remember feeling super convicted about sin, uh, kind of living this uh, life that I was just kind of playing church. And so I remember, I don't remember exactly when I was, what age I was, I think I was around 12, but I totally remember the time and the moment where I was sitting on the couch, I had a blanket over my head, and I just asked God to save me because I didn't Mm -hmm. want to um, leave this world without him, and I wanted to serve him, but I didn't know how to do that, so I just begged him to save me. And so from that point on, just kind of grew up in Christian, uh, uh, Christian culture, um, still struggled a little bit with uh, identity and um, what what um, grace really meant, um, but uh, God really worked in my heart uh, through my teenage years. Um, I shouldn't have been that spiritually sensitive, but for some reason, God uh, really put that in me. It wasn't something that I sought out, but that was I really feel was um, the Holy Spirit. Um, convicting me so um, it really I really truly believe it saved me from a lot of things um, yeah. even though the desire maybe it wasn't there but I had this pull of, of God in my life and so uh, in my later teens and early 20s is where uh, I've, I've, my spiritual formation really came to be mm-hmm. going to college meeting other Christians and learning what it meant to study the Bible um, and really seeing the gospel lived out in friends' lives and in my own life. So, so yeah, it was a bit of a weird journey for me uh, in my teen years. Uh, but uh, looking back, uh, I can really say it was God that did yeah. it. So. Yeah. So how about looking back, how would you say your spiritual upbringing, maybe, you know, before college, then through college, and you guys are newly married after that, how did it affect you? And what I kind of want to hear you talk about or – Uh, drive to is what misconceptions of the gospel do you think looking back you had and how did those things manifest themselves in your life whether it be for you individually in your relationships and work in your marriage just kind of maybe share a little bit with us about that yeah I mean uh, as I mentioned um, got saved when I was a teenager uh, early teens uh, but I think the idea of accepting God's grace was uh, I understood, but there was this kind of pull to be perfect, this hmm. this pull to uh, kind of do the right things, say the right things, listen to the right music, um, wear the right things to where um, it did cause some confusion. Like it, it, it ended up, uh, you know, in salvation, it was about Christ, but for my Christian walk, it was more about me and hmm. what I what I was doing and what, or what I wasn't doing. And so, um, I know, I I think everyone could share, you know, something that was kind of off or uh, messed up in your head when you, when it came to, you know, uh, salvation and, um, 
as you grew in grace. And so, um, so the Lord really worked on me in that, uh, that time, um, really cleared up the confusion um, over, over a period of time and through searching the scriptures and listening to good counsel. Um, some of that, a lot of that was internally. So how I was receiving the message mm-hmm. and some of it was probably, uh, environmentally. So mm-hmm. what I was hearing, uh, and what was being modeled to me. So I think the, I, I, I guess the, the summary of it, um, those small distortions of the gospel, um, can really affect how you view um, salvation or how you oh, yeah. view your Christian walk after you get saved. We all think uh, by grace alone, um, but to keep your salvation or to keep in right standing with God, there's there's some things that you need to do, and it, it kind of depends on you. So that was the yeah. kind of misconceptions that um, played in my spiritual life uh, as I as I matured. Yeah. How about for you, Lisa? Any distortions of the gospel or gospel misconceptions? Anthony, I love what you said. We're, we're all growing in grace. But looking back, you know, what did that look like in your life, do you think? Yeah, I think for me, the theology of um, kind of the gospel being a point of salvation, but after that, it being a work harder theology. Hmm. And I think I was telling Anthony this, this week, I would have been like this no matter what because of my personality. I'm a driven person um, and my cultural up bringing I am Asian so we work hard but um, <laughs> I don't know if you have to cut that <laughs> um, so but then with the work harder theology in my school and within the church churches that we attended previously um, it it felt like in order to be close to God I had to make sure I checked the spiritual boxes of you know read my Bible attended did this wore this said this mm-hmm. um, and so I think that it was hard for me to find joy in the gospel because it felt like just a moment of, of salvation, which it is, but not a way of life. And so I just feel that I've grown in the gospel now motivating me hmm. to what I do, and I'll still work hard, but it's because I really love Jesus and because of what he's done for me. So I think yeah. that I've grown in that um, way of viewing the gospel. Amen. I don't think we can hear one another as believers talk about that enough and unpack that together and strengthen each other with that because the pull is always, yeah, to be inward focused and make it about my performance Mm -hmm. rather than Christ's performance for me and then how I live in light of that. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe shifting there, we've kind of briefly talked about your experience in that, some distortions or misconceptions. So now let's focus on the positive part of it. So how has the gospel mattered in your life? I mean, that's a conversation we could have for years, right? But maybe think about for you individually, Anthony, you said maybe identity or in your marriage, in your parenting, in your career, how has the gospel practically mattered? An author describes it as the nowism of the gospel. How's that fleshed itself out in your life? How's the gospel mattered to you? And no pressure, this better be the best answer of all time. (laughs) Um, well, I'll start, I guess, uh, how the gospel matters. Um, it, it's really the lens in which you see the world. Um, so for me, um, the understanding the, uh, the infinite amount of grace and mercy that God bestowed on me, um, as he called me into his family, Mm -hmm. um, I can't help but see others, um, most of the time with that lens that, that, um, God, um, 
God invited me into his family when I had no business being part of it. And so I think it, it gives you a compassionate heart. It helps you see people um, not as projects or not as people to win over to your theology, but rather to serve. Um, so I think of God, uh, Christ in the Gospels. Uh, his example was serving. He served wherever he went. Mm-hmm. Um, he reached people by uh, how he served them and how he uh, affected their their life. And so, yeah, when I think of how the gospel changes us, uh, it changes us to be compassionate people that serve uh, one another in the church and outside of the church. Uh, and it's a, a real tangible way to see um you know, God's work in our community um, and in our families, too. I think we kind of forget uh, that um, our families are, are just need, need that gospel reconciliation just as, as much as the community around us. So uh, we should be the same in our families as well as on a Sunday morning, as well as volunteering uh, in the community. Yeah. Lisa, how about for you? Yeah, just kind of uh, feeding off of that, I think the gospel impacts our everyday life in relationship and marriage because it makes us want to reconcile um, mm. when we have an argument um, or if there's just tension. <laughs> if that ever happened. No, it yeah, never in theory. Happens, but um, yeah, so I Today. think <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think it's helped us push through more quickly because we we know that's you know what Christ modeled to us is reconciliation, and so um, mm. to build up bitterness over time isn't isn't what the gospel calls us to and then i think it impacts our work life as well um i've observed it in anthony's life um, because he's more in the business world but you know people throw you under the bus all the time and um he's just exhibited humility and not trying to win his name back but just working hard and i think as a a teacher of course um hopefully modeling kindness and love and you know listening to the students that I have. Yeah, that's helpful. How about for both of you, maybe in your relationship with the Lord over this, these last 10 years, or even more recently, where are you seeing or sensing growth, right? We're being formed into the image of Christ. He who began a good work in us will bring it to completion. So what does that look like in your life? And maybe think about, are there still misconceptions of the gospel in maybe the recesses of your inner life that sometimes you're like, wow, where'd that come from? Just talk us through, encourage us. How have you been growing in Christ likeness and what does that look like for you in your life? Yeah, I don't, I don't really understand that question, Mike, because I don't have that issue. But <laughs> Do I rebuke you on a podcast? <laughs> yeah, yeah, how dare you? Um, no, I, I think uh, we're always we're always growing in grace. Uh, we're always discovering, um, new things about Christ and his goodness. And we're, and in that we're seeing, um, sometimes the depths of our, uh, our depravity, I guess you could say. Mm -hmm. But, uh, I mean, I think one of the things, and you and I have discussed this, but, uh, self-righteousness, um, this, um, individualistic, nature that we can grow, um, particularly in the, in Western culture, but, uh, in, in America where we have this, um, this idea that Christianity is this individualistic kind of pick myself up from my bootstraps. Mm -hmm. I don't really need God. 
Uh, I just need him for salvation. And so that still is in me. Um, So I, I have to make sure that when I am, my motivations for serving um, aren't because um, I have to do it or, or God's going to be really mad at me or I want to look better. uh, I want to be seen as a better person. Mm -hmm. Um, It's really my, my desire is to, is it, to be an outpouring of my love for Christ. And it doesn't always happen that way, but uh, I am beginning to understand the times where it's not that. And so I can recognize that I can repent of that and and ask Christ to, um, uh, to renew my mind Mm. uh, in that because it, it comes so easily Um, where other folks might, might struggle with anger, um, yeah, self-righteousness and self, uh, this individualistic idea can, just kind of springs up on me. So even in eldering, I can quickly uh, walk in my own power hmm. and fool a lot of people. But mm-hmm. uh, at the end of the day, uh, it doesn't feel like God's done a work. So, uh, so that's where um, those things can really spring up. I love your transparency. I'm right there with you. Yeah. Amen. Lisa, how about for you? Where's kind of been that growth been, would you say, over the last 10 years or most recently? And then thinking about that idea of, okay, there's still gospel misconceptions or distortions in us. How's that kind of played out in your life? Yeah, I think over the last 10 years, I I am resistant to change often. Hmm. And so I feel that God's worked on me in trusting him and resting in him as we've made different life decisions over the last decade. Um, you know, they've been fairly large in the last decade versus the other decades, um, just because of age, I guess. But so I think just resting in him is a big thing. Um, it gets, it, it has gotten easier. Um, Mm -hmm. but my innate nature is to stay the same and not want anything to move or change. Okay. Be stable. Um, and I think recently I've just really appreciated the studies that we've gone through this year, um, as a church, um, as, as women in the church, mm-hmm. um, specifically prayer. That's always something that for some reason is hard for me, um, even more so than studying, uh, the Bible. And so I think learning to pray through the Psalms was super helpful. I just loved that. Probably my favorite this year. Um, and then tail ending that with the, the week of fasting and prayer, yeah. um, your guide was really helpful. And so I just really, I think that's just the most challenging thing to me that I want to continue to grow in. Um, And then secondly, we also studied Romans. And I think I was just really struck with um, how I don't even recognize sin in my life, which I guess Mm. is that self-righteousness? Is that the definition? I don't know, but just, you know. It's called sin. It's just (laughs) sin. But I, um, yeah, being at home, you know, I work from home. um, Regardless of the time period, I work from home. And um, so there's not necessarily physical people for me to be sinning against all the time. And so I think I neglect to really... Um, examine myself. And uh, so I just have been challenged towards uh, repentance and self-awareness, introspection with that. Yeah. I love this conversation because when you put the gospel in the forefront, like you're locked in on it, it doesn't mean you're a lazy Christian or you just don't care about the needs of others. It actually frames all of that in the proper way and gives you the fuel to really do that in a way that honors Jesus. So yeah, I just yeah, love sure. hearing this talked about. Yeah, and, and just one thing to mention too, you talked about growth over a period mm-hmm. of time. Um, and maybe somebody can relate to, to this, um, but I've found in my life, uh, growth, spiritual growth hasn't been 
um, like every other day, I just become a, a more superior Christian. Uh, but it's rather um, kind of this slow uphill grind. And then I'm challenged with a step of obedience that God is clearly calling me to, whether it's through scripture, uh, whether it's through Lisa, um, influence of Lisa, whether it's through um, the, the counsel of, of wise people. Um, God is clearly wanting me to take this step of obedience. And then there's this kind of growth period. Yeah. And then it kind of levels out again. And so I find in my life, there's, it's usually two to three years where um, God is kind of working in me or working around me. And then um, I'm usually the last one to figure it out. And so <laughs> maybe that's why it takes so long. Oh, man, that's uh, so true what yeah. you're describing. Yeah, yeah, yeah so, so it's, it's it's not this like uh, every other day and there's just you know incredible spiritual gains. Uh, I'm more like the, um, I don't want to even compare myself to like an ultra marathon runner because that's not <laughs> even close to who I am. Uh, but it's that kind of slow, steady uh, and then you're confronted with, uh, call it a crisis of faith, whatever it is. But in a lot of times, it's God is asking you to do a step of obedience. Yep. And you finally get over yourself and and uh, obey, um, you know, your your Lord and Savior. Yes. And then and then growth and um, you know joy comes from that too. And and there's joy and growth along the way as well. But but sometimes it's more uh, apparent. Um, when you get to those moments. Yeah, that's so good.